Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mint Door Podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Schwint. And I am Dr. Karen Tindall. And we are happy to welcome Dr. Laura Brenner to the podcast today. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's so awesome nice. to have you here. Yeah. Nice to have you in our room. Yes. Yes. So we are here to talk a little bit about you. And we'd like to hear your kind of version of your story leading up to where you are now. But let's just highlight the fact that you have a fantastic, successful Facebook group called Dentist Side Gigs which is a fun and interactive place where dentists are talking about doing stuff other than dentistry. So congratulations, but tell us a little bit of your story, how it wove you to where you are now. Yes. So I always thought I wanted to be an orthodontist. I won't go into that far back detail, but as a kid, I always thought that would be really cool. And because when I got my braces off, that was an amazing experience. Um, And so I wanted to help people smile and I wanted to do something that would give me security and help me enjoy my life. And I could help people. And I had all of the best intentions going into dentistry. And then I um, got into dental school, practiced for 10 years. And in year three of practice, I realized that I hated my work. And after investing in it from the time, like mentally from the time I was in probably 10th grade Mm -hmm. um, to then all of the other tangible investments, like Mm -hmm. the time and the money, um, that was a really tough pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. So in year three, I started exploring what else could I do in dentistry that wasn't clinical. Mm -hmm. And this was, keep in mind, this was 2004. So there weren't really any options. And I remember reaching out to my um, dental supply rep and saying, Hey, you know, can I take you to lunch? I want to know all about your job. Tell me, like, is it something I could do? And so I had this moment of being slightly resourceful and he talked me out of it. Mm -hmm. He said, you are, you don't want to do that. If you like, it'll be a waste of your degree. And so I really appreciated it. And at the same time, it silenced me. And I realized, all right, I've just got to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So I switched jobs. I switched jobs several times um, over the 10 years of my career. And in year seven, in my final third and final job, I was like, it's still not getting better. Mm-hmm. And so I began really focusing on how can I get out of this? It was a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. Um, Looking back, dentistry, clinical dentistry wasn't a fit for me. Mm -hmm. Everything that's involved, I thought it was going to be a lot of warm fuzzies and helping people and freedom. And it can be that for people. But for me, it was a lot of burden and a lot of guilt and a lot of, um, worrying. Mm -hmm. And so finally, actually one day it was probably in year seven, I came home one day and my husband gave me an ultimatum and he was like, we can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. He's like, you, I don't care what we have to do, but you can't keep coming home like this from work every day. We can sell our house if we need to. 
We can move. I don't care, but you need to sort this out or our marriage is not going to last. And so kind of an ultimatum, Mm -hmm. but really it was permission. Mm -hmm. It was permission to think outside the box and begin exploring what else I could do. So I started that process in in, um, my seventh year. I was going to say 2007, but um, which maybe actually was around then. (laughs) Um, And I worked with the career coach and I got therapy and I did a ton of personal development all the time. And eventually I found a way to leave my clinical practice through weight loss coaching. Um, and I don't mean nutritional coaching. I don't mean, um, you know, healthy lifestyle coaching. I'm literally specifically weight loss coaching. So I call that my bridge career because it was something that I was able to do to bridge my way out of the pain that I was in, in dentistry Mm -hmm. and into something that was a little bit better for myself. Mm -hmm. So it was good. It was a lot of the stuff I liked in dentistry, the coaching and the talking to people, you know, a lot of us, that's our favorite part is talking to patients. Right. Right. So I was able to do that. And, um, it was good for a while, but I always knew it wasn't my forever. So what happened was when I started that, I found a blog post titled 10 reasons I hate the dentist. And I was like, Bleep, bleep. I won't tell you what I said. We'll keep it PG. (laughs) But I was like, all right, well, here's 10 reasons your dentist probably hates you too. And that was my open letter reply to this blogger who I didn't know. And I'm sure she was mad at me because I linked to her blog and she got harassed (laughs) by so many dentists. You know how people are online. They're so mean, but I didn't know at the time that, you know, maybe I should have gotten permission, which she probably would have let me because we all wanted exposure and attention with our blogs. But anyway, that blog attracted, it, it connected me with dentists from really all over the world who were like, yeah, this is what I experienced too. And how did you get out? So that was something that I knew was always kind of in the background of, Hmm, what can I do in the dental space? But I wasn't confident enough to just go do it just after quitting dentistry because I was telling myself, you're just a quitter. Like anyone can quit. That's not a big deal. And so how can you, who are you to help other people start a new career if you can't find a new career? And so I really needed to go through the process. So the weight loss coaching, and I did a lot of other stuff I dabbled in. Um, that really ended up over about six years building my confidence with being outside of dentistry. And finally, I was like, it's time to go back. So I got my coaching certification and basically did what I'd been wanting to do for six years, which was help other dentists design their careers on their terms. And um, that could be starting a side gig. It could be career change. It could be working two days a week. So I started doing that and then I've since expanded it to include hygienists as well because they we're the same. We've both committed to this and and we we really we've oftentimes feel like we don't have other skills, but it's not true. We have a lot of other skills. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about like very early on you knew that like dentistry wasn't for you. And 
a picture came into my head of exactly the same situation, like, and how you describe it, like dentistry, it was the stress and the burden and the guilt and all those feelings that went with it. Mm -hmm. I think I probably was maybe not even a year out of dentistry and I'd just got married and the lady who made my wedding rings, her dad was a dentist, but she used a lot of his dental tools to make the jewelry. And I remember thinking, what else can I do? Like I could be a jeweler. I could do jewelry. And I even bought a book that somebody had written on how to make tiaras because I was getting married. And I was like, I could make tiaras with my skills. So at any point like in those early days, what were your first thoughts about what could you do that wasn't dentistry? Oh, I love that question. And, and also I should add that I really liked dental school. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. And you're saying it was your first year out. I didn't know until I got out. And, and, and by the way, those first three years were okay because I had hope. Mm-hmm. I knew that it's going to be hard when I first get out. And so, mm-hmm. but as long as I grind through, push through it, I'll get through and then it's going to be easier and I'll hit that magical place. And when three years in happened and I didn't hit it, that's when I really became hopeless. And that's when I started thinking, I don't like it. Okay. Maybe I need to do it for five years. And then that, and then when five years came and went, it was like, this isn't working. So to your question, I did not know. I didn't know. And I think so many of us, we pour ourselves into this identity of being a dentist or a hygienist or whatever specialist you are that we don't allow ourselves to explore what else we can do. So I love that you were looking at jewelry making because what a great shift. I mean, that would be a great side shift because Mm. they're so related. I will tell you, I loved casting gold crowns. Mm -hmm. I loved watching the gold melts when you remember when we had to do that, that I loved. Um, But I wouldn't even allow myself to dream or think of what else I could do. And I see this is really common with people and I don't really understand why I'm not clear on that. If you guys have any insight, I'd love to know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's almost like we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed to try anything. We're afraid of either failing or what people will think. But even if we're not telling anyone, it's like, we're scared to allow ourselves to get creative and dream. Mm -hmm. So I kind of forced myself to do that. And I remember because I couldn't, do any of it on my own. I remember sort of clinging to some of my husband's interests. Like he liked brewing beer. And so it was right when the gluten-free world was starting and we were talking about, well, how could we brew gluten-free beer in our basement? And I'm not a huge beer drinker. Um, and And beer is kind of like baking. I'm not really a baker. I love to cook. Um, but I, and I loved the, the, I was looking at, like, I love the community, like the, the, the beer community was always a creative fun one. So I was like, I could get myself into that. But even with that, it wasn't really my thing that I was interested mm-hmm. in, you know? And I was always looking at like, what could I be interested in that could actually make me money? And I think that caveat of turning it into a business held me back. Mm-hmm. If I could have just looked at, like you're saying, like, just make jewelry and I would have, have done it and expanded my creativity and no strings attached, mm-hmm. then I would begin to learn about myself 
and my interest could expand from there. But I think when we put that pressure of this has to be my escape, this has to get me out of here, we actually like ruin the fun of it and and we don't allow it to even be a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really good point. And it makes me think of the um, the rep that you went out to lunch with who said, you, you're going to waste your career. You're going to waste, you know, and I think you have have had several posts and and maybe even a blog about this, but the shame wrapped up in that four letter word, I quit dentistry, right? Quit. <laughs> and that like, which probably, letter word? <laughs> yeah. Right. There's several. There are several, but that four letter word. Right. So, so how did you feel when you first used that four letter word, I quit? Compared to how do you feel about it now? And how do you help your clients transition, make that transition? Mm, Yeah. So that, you know, thinking back, I'm I'm like, oh, got to go back. Because, you know, I I was, I've been out, I was, I practiced for 10 years and I've been out for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So when I think about, you know, quitting 10 years ago. Yeah. I think at the time it was, there was a lot of judgment and I felt like a quitter and I felt like other people can tolerate this or other people like it. What's wrong with me that I don't like this. So there was a lot of judgment and as you say, shame Mm -hmm. and really the, the, the process of leaving dentistry and then having the next six years before I got into this coaching business was really a valuable time of redefining what success meant, redefining what quitting looks like. Mm -hmm. And I actually wrote a blog post about this that was, I don't remember the title, but it was something like why quitting isn't the easy way out. And when you've dedicated so much to this career or to something in your life, maybe it's a marriage, you know, it doesn't have to just be dentistry, but when you've committed so much of yourself to something, mm-hmm. walking away is often the harder thing to do. It's much easier to stay put and to keep going and to grind through it and mm-hmm. to grit your way through it. It is so much harder to have to face your demons, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I'm helping other people with this prospect, I mean, the first thing is, is I, I, I want to assure them that you don't have to quit, right? Like, and, and you guys know, I love the whole side gig approach. Mm-hmm. So the reason the side gig approach is so amazing is first of all, dentistry, there's no other field. There's no other career on the planet that is so side gig fr- friendly, you know, like you can do dentistry a couple days a week and make a decent income. And there's very few, there are very few careers that allow you that. So it's like, you know, instead of quitting, why don't you take the safe way, which is to do something, just explore. You don't have to quit dentistry. You don't have to jump off the cliff, you know, which also involves throwing away everything you've ever invested into your career. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to do that. You can do it like Karen, if you had fought, if you had like continued doing the jewelry making stuff, mm-hmm. you could have always done that on the side yeah, and still had dentistry 
And then if you look at the people in dentistry, a lot of them who do have these entrepreneurial businesses that are focused on help working with dentists, but they're non-clinical, right? If you look at all of them, the way they started was with a side gig. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, if your side gig, it it may just fulfill it and you and you get to do dentistry a couple of days a week and that's a good combination for you, or maybe it'll take over. And dentistry will become more and more your side gig while your side gig becomes more and more your your full gig. If you look at almost anyone in our dental space who's started a business in addition to practicing, that's how they did it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, maybe we don't have to quit Mm -hmm. and maybe it's harder to quit than, than stay Mm -hmm. put. It takes, it definitely takes more courage. Mm -hmm. So you said that like how unique dentistry is to be able to have a side gig alongside what you're doing and I know um, a lot of our listeners we have women doctors and physicians as well as dentists as well have you heard of anybody who would be your equivalent for med like in medicine or oh yeah actually things like that that exist this is funny I don't know if you know this Karen but so uh, in 2020 there's a woman who her name is Michelle Mudriley. She Mm -hmm. basically cold emailed me. She just, it was like COVID had shut everyone down. She sent me this, she reached out on my contact form on my website and she said, Hey, I'm a doctor and I work with physicians doing the same work that you do with dentists. Mm -hmm. And I host this live, um, like non-clinical, non-traditional career summit. And if you want to talk, let's talk because with COVID she was doing it live, but then she in person, but then she had to go virtual. So then she started thinking, this is really fun. How could I do this with other, other professions? Mm -hmm. But she recognized that people really trust someone who knows what they are specifically going through. So she, she thought she would reach out to me to do it with dentists. And um, so we started what we at the time called the next dentist um, career conference. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was using what the work she had done with doctors and we geared it towards dentists. So I don't know if you knew that Karen, no, I don't. Um, isn't that funny? So and here's what she tells me all the time, which is really interesting. Cause she, so if I've been doing it for five years now, she's been doing it for 15 mm-hmm. and she always says, doctors in medicine were 10 years ahead of where you guys are in dentistry. Mm -hmm. So 10 years ago, doctors were having Mm -hmm. these same conversations of what else can I do and what are the opportunities? And they've really pioneered a way to find more and more Mm non-clinical careers Mm -hmm. and positions Mm -hmm. in a space where they didn't necessarily exist before. So she's, she always says that in dentistry, we're now where they were 10 years ago. We're just starting to see this as a thing that we're looking for. And so that makes it harder because there are not as many opportunities, but it also might make it easier because there's not as much competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting, right? Yeah, fascinating. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And there are several other physicians who do that kind of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just, I think it's just so nice when, you can bring the two worlds together mm-hmm. and you get to interact because Laura and I often talk about this, but 
every, we all have the title doctor and dentists have this speciality of here or maybe like we could call it head and neck whatever and then doctors they some of them specialize in the whole body but some of them might be just eye doctors some of them might be ear nose and throat some of them we all have tiny little specialities at our section of the body that we all look after patients we're all striving to do our best for our patients and nurture and look after and care and there's not that much difference between us Mm-mm. and that's another there's another thing there that you've just highlighted just the medical field was quicker at getting on the side gigs mm-hmm. yeah we're all the same and that could be because of the state of healthcare, right compared to the state of you know the state of medicine versus the state of dentistry mm-hmm. that could be part of it but you know my group someone recently asked a question like oh do you think doctors feel, you know, have the same stresses that we have. And someone said, oh no, I don't think doctors. And I was like, yes, they do. Yes, so y'all <laughs> think that we have it harder than other people. <laughs> but I would say, say, I was going to say it's, I think from what we see um, with the people that we work with and meet, I would say it is so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There are some differences um, mm-hmm. which exist, but I would say on the whole, it is so similar what everybody goes through. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So working with people and side gigs, I'm curious, what is the most unique side gig that you've ever heard of at this point? Oh, I love this question so much (laughs) because the reason I love this too is because people don't, people always ask like, well, what are some typical things that dentists can do? And really that question limits our possibilities. Mm-hmm. And so I love to find the zany things. So there is a guy and I don't remember where he's from, but I found him online. He is a dentist and he quit dentistry and became a Cirque du Soleil clown. No way. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, that-, that is <laughs> right. so cool. Now, I can't remember his last name, but I wish someone could introduce me to him because I really wish, and I can't find him anywhere online. His name is Jim. I can't remember his last name. He is a dentist and he retired from dentistry so that he could be an NFL ref. (laughs) Isn't that cool? And you know how he started? See, I've stalked him a little bit um, as much as I can online, but I can't, I can't find him, but I would love to share his story. Mm -hmm. Um, He started out by just, you know, being in dentistry and then volunteering and, and refereeing games at the, at the child level, you know, and then at the high school level. And then he just worked his way up Mm -hmm. and ended up landing an NFL gig. That's cool. You know, so those are two, I could go on and on if you guys want, but those are two of my favorites. I love that. I love that the thought of he started just as, you know, a kid ref. Mm-hmm. And you think, you know, so often we think we have to replace our dentistry with the exact equivalent. But like you said, sometimes you just need to redefine success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your expectations of it, right? Like mm-hmm. you didn't just start out being a successful dentist. You had to go to mm-hmm. high school and then college, right? And then dental school. Like, why do we think that we went through this process that was so slow and thoughtful and 
um, intentional, but that then we're going to be able to be at the top of a different game without doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you probably will attest to this is the journey is the most beautiful piece of it. It really is. And, and, you know, I think about if you're starting your side gig right now, you know, or, or like, you know, moments in my coaching business, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this too, where you have these moments where you're like, well, this is stressful. Like, what if nobody wants to, you know, nobody, what if nobody wants what I have to give? And you have those moments. And I always think we're going to look back 10 years from now and, 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 and think, remember those days when everything was exciting and we were really pushing ourselves. And so we can spend so much time trying to get there that we miss out on the moment, the right now. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. The journey matters. It's the, it really is the best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So you have a, a exciting event coming up this summer mm-hmm. called the Side Gig Summit. Would you like to just highlight a little bit about that and what's involved with that? Yes. So it is going to be part of the Dental Festival in mm-hmm. Nashville. And my summit will be on Friday, July 8th. And it's going to be an opportunity to learn about real estate, which can be active or passive income. We're going to have an amazing speaker who's going to talk about debt reduction because, you Mm -hmm. know, it's what do you do when you're a high income earner or a a decent income earner Mm -hmm. and but you don't have that extra um, net worth, that cash to invest in something but it's tied up in debt. If we can reduce your debt, it's effectively like you're making that money, but then you can actually free up your money to invest. Right. So looking at debt reduction, really cool stuff. Um, Crypto. We're going to look at crypto. We're going to talk to two people who are actually twins. And I love them because they're twins who became dentists. And they both left clinical and have non-clinical jobs, Wow, non-clinical careers. So they're, so we're going to focus on the the job side of it with non-clinical careers and how you can get into those. And the, the more entrepreneurial side, where if you know, you want to work for yourself um, and how you can start up something without having to be, you know, an Elon Musk type of entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So we're going to focus on all of that. And it's going to be a lot of fun to, um, we we've got to start with knowing that we can do this and we have Mm -hmm. options and we Mm -hmm. don't have to stay stuck in lives that aren't working for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds like an incredible, like I don't need a side gig, but I want to learn about all of the, (laughs) like the crypto and those things that interest me too. So this doesn't even have to be like those topics could be for anybody that wants to learn about just an extra, even like a hobby alongside like right Mm -hmm. and I'm glad you said that Karen because I always forget that when I say side gig that could be investing in crypto and and even making a little bit of side money off of that right Mm -hmm. it it doesn't have to be a job and it doesn't have to be a business it could be Mm -hmm. anything that starts with a hobby that's bringing in a little bit of extra Mm -hmm. cash Mm -hmm. and that will take the pressure off your main gig 
But yes. yeah, and like a side gig could could be one day a week working for a dental insurance company, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it has to be um, selling your crafts on Etsy, right? <laughs> Which right. it could be, mm-hmm. but it's not limited to just that, yeah. right? It's not an all or none approach, and it, it's probably never a bad idea to have more than one source of income. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that sounds really interesting. I, like like Karen said, I I'd be interested in all of those topics. So you're right; it's it it opens eyes to you know the possibilities. What else is there? And you know, um, I do have to congratulate you because you are probably one of the um, supreme connectors. You love connecting people mm-hmm. with other people um, that that. Um, mesh together well. You're so good at that. And so, and I think that's another important thing because dentistry can get so isolating and you can feel so alone. And you do a, a wonderful job of um, helping people feel like they aren't alone mm-hmm. and that there's someone in, in a similar situation or a few steps ahead of them that they could connect with. And um, so, thank you. That's That's one of your superpowers for sure. Thank you. That means a lot because it is important to me. I love it. I love it. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. We can tell. We can yes. tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And then you um, have a, f- a phenomenal website and on your website is uh, a, a an article that you can subscribe for. It called Six Reasons You Are Burned Out in Your Dental Career. Mm-hmm. And what to do about it. So that is on your website, which is lolabeescareercoaching.com. And we will have the links to this and the summit and that blog post that you referenced, why quitting isn't the easy way out. We'll put a link to that blog post because I think that will be good. But can you explain maybe just a little bit about your name, the Lola Bees Coaching? I'm so glad you asked that because it is the weirdest name, right? But I figure. <laughs> If I can, if, if, if we can have a thing called dental nachos, I can have lullabies. <laughs> I always say that. Um, and lullabies is, you know, it's, it's uh, Bob Ross always called things happy accidents, right? Lullabies is a happy accident. It is a much longer story. But when I started uh, blogging, so my email name was lullabies for years. Um, and Laura Brenner, Laura B. I tried to be Laura B, but that was taken. So it just evolved into lullabies, long story. So that was always my email. And then when I started my blog, I was blogging about food and travel. I wasn't blogging about dentistry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care what I named this. I'm going to name it lullabies. And then I had my blog post go viral. And so people kind of knew Lola, a few people, not a lot, but people knew Lola Bees. So when I decided to turn my blog into a real website with a business, um, I was already, I just didn't want to change. I didn't want to have to totally have people figure out who I was and also like kind of didn't care about a name. I mean, names are important, but it's what you do with it, right? So I was like, I'm just going to leave it. I don't care. I'm just going to turn it from Lullabies into Lullabies Career Coaching. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, really cool, that the Bumblebee, I don't know if you knew what you were getting yourself into with this question, Laura, That's but okay. the Bumblebee 
is actually a very communal animal and they all work together and they're very social. So talk about connecting. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool about bees is if you look at them, like physiologically, the way their body design is, they are not supposed to be able to fly. And somehow they find a way to fly. And I thought, well, that just fits in great with people in their career who feel like they're stuck Mm -hmm. and they have no way out Mm -hmm. that together we can create a community and and see that we can all fly. Mm -hmm. So it really was an accident. Isn't that crazy? I love what the bee symbolizes. And I've actually had moments where I've had bees like one bee flying around me when I'm out with other people and will not leave me alone and like, isn't going near anyone else. And I'm like, why is this bee bugging me? And then I, if I just recognize like, okay, this is my spirit animal right now. The bee is just trying to tell me to keep going with Lola bees and keep doing it. And so maybe that's kind of weird. I love that. No, not at all. I love that. Karen was just showing you her, her bee necklace. In the middle. Oh yeah, I remember your bee necklace. My bee necklace is always on me, like no matter where I go, this bee is always mm-hmm. here. And it was a patient of mine that had, she didn't have this exact necklace because I didn't take it from her, but she <laughs> had this necklace and uh, I coveted it for a long time whenever she came in for her orthodontic treatment over the couple of years that it took. And uh, when I left dentistry, I bought myself my bee. And uh, I yeah, love it. I, I remember talking to you about your bee when we were together in uh, Florida last year. Yeah. So, and I forgot about it, but I yeah, love it. it is, the bee is a big part of me, but bees are pretty cool now. Like everywhere you look, there's bee merchandise and there's mm-hmm. bees and it's, it's everywhere now. So you're yeah. on trend. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love that you label it a happy little mistake like Bob Ross, but because there, there really is, I mean, everything about that is beautiful. Just like all of his happy little mistakes that ended up being uh-huh. beautiful, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for being a, uh, a, a wonderful bee in our community. Our hive. <laughs> yes. Creating hive. a hive. Make sure you check out Laura in her Facebook group, mm-hmm. Dentist Side Gigs. We'll include the link to that. We'll have the link to her website and also the link to her Dentist Side Gigs Summit coming up this summer, which sounds really exciting. So thank you for all you do and for being with us here today. Um, Keep doing and shining and buzzing all your goodness around. (laughs) I always love being with you. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Okie dokes. All right. Cheers, everyone. Bye.